Welcome to the Liberal Conservative Podcast. It's our first podcast, first episode of 2024. I hope you guys are having a great new year. Um, so in this, in this first episode of 2024, we're going to discuss a major hot button issue right now, which is trans athletes and women's sports. You know, when, when we discussed abortion, I told you that I was squarely in the Democratic camp. You know, I, I, I'm just totally against losing women losing the rights that they've earned and should have had it all along. Um, but And when it comes to trans athletes, so I am squarely in the Republican camp. Um, you know, we'll get, get into more of that later. So before we jump into the topic of the day, um, we're, we're continuing the series on, on current presidential candidates. Um, today we're going to look at the policies and beliefs of Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, if you've read about his father, you'll know his father, Robert F. Kennedy, was the attorney general under John Kennedy's administration. Um, and he was also likely to become president in, in, I think it was 68. He was assassinated in 68. Um, so anyway, Robert F. Kennedy back then, in my opinion, was a moderate. He was a big civil rights guy, Robert F. Kennedy was, but he was what I would call a moderate Democrat, as I would John Kennedy. And, and Robert Kennedy Jr. is, is what I would consider a moderate, moderate Democrat. Uh, you know, he's running as an independent. Uh, we've never had an independent uh, elected president. Uh, so I, I don't know how well he can do, but he can certainly, certainly play spoiler if he, it, and in, in this case, probably to the Democratic Party, which I, I don't think we're going to, as long as Joe Biden's the nominee, I don't think they have much of a shot anyway. So anyway, let's talk about uh, Robert Kennedy's platform. Um, so we'll just jump right into it in abortion. Um, so Robert Kennedy supports, supports a national ban on abortion. So he's saying that it's, it's, it should be a national thing, not a, a federal, not to the states. He supports a national ban on abortion after the first trimester. This kind of falls in line with, with what was already established b- before the, the, uh, before the overturn of Roe versus Wade. So he just wants to really go back to uh, a federal, uh, abortion ban at the third trimester. So anyway, um, he has some really interesting views on the economy and, and some of them actually make a lot of sense. So he believes that he can drop the cost of housing by $1,000 per family by backing what's a, a 3% home mortgages. So federally, the federal government giving mortgages at 3% to everyone. That doesn't, I, I couldn't find anywhere where he's saying first time home buyers or, or, you know, minorities or, or women or whatever. It's everyone can get 3% home mortgages from the government with tax free bonds. So, um, like war bonds or U.S. savings bonds. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. So. I, I actually really think that's a great idea. Can you imagine? I mean, what families would be would be very prosperous if they could ha- have three percent home mortgages backed by tax free bonds. So yeah, and f- so for student loans, that Kennedy wants to make student loans dischargeable in bankruptcy, and he wants to make student loans zero percent interest. So I agree with the zero percent percent interest, but not the bankruptcy dischargeable. Um, you know, right now you if you file bankruptcy, you do not discharge your student loans. I'm I'm almost paid my student loans off, and that's it's taken me twenty years. I worked my butt off to go to school. I had to get I didn't have rich parents. I had to get student loans, and back then the GI Bill was not did paid for about eighteen months of college. So 
I, I just don't think that you should be able to get out from under your student loans. You knew that going into it. You could have made it, went to a different trade and just like I could have. So anyway, um, he also wants to, uh, he wants to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, um, and expand free childcare to millions of families. So, um, that would, I, I don't know how you could do the, the free child care because that's going to be a taxpayer thing. Um, you know, we're already trillions in debt. Um, and, and I don't have a problem with the, with the, with the minimum wage being raised, raised to $15 an hour. And the argument that you get against that and, and people have an intelligent argument against that, but I don't know where I stand on that. Um, so if you raise the minimum wage to $15, so let's say you, your McDonald's is, is making paying, now paying all its workers $15 an hour, which they might be already, but irrelevant. So um, $15 an hour, then they, uh, they raise, so now they've raised their, their cost to do business. So now they're raising, they're going to pass that along to consumers. So prices are going to raise. So once again, I don't have a problem with raising the minimum wage, but when you raise the minimum wage, you also raise the cost for people to do business, which means they pass those costs on to consumers. So an unanticipated consequence of that would be, um, would be increase in prices. So, so, all right. Under climate change, uh, he's got some good policies. Some I some I agree with. Some I do not agree with. Uh, he wants to incentivize the transition to clean energy. I absolutely agree with that. Incentivize to companies for research. We just don't have the structure right now to to um, we don't have the structure to to support a full clean energy society. Um, and and I just don't think you can you cannot kill the world economy in the name of climate change. If um, you know, I've said before, if you if you listen to our climate change uh, uh, podcast, COVID taught us a valuable lesson about climate change, in my opinion. So when the world was shut down, the the atmosphere cleaned itself pretty quick. <clears throat> if you remember, when cities could be seen again because of no smog, uh, you know it, it was a pretty quick. So I believe we would be. Ignorant to say there is not climate change, but you cannot kill a world economy uh, in the name of climate climate change, and the the atmosphere will will clean itself. And I think we will once we go to a clean energy, once we're able to sustain a clean energy, our atmosphere will will help itself. Um, Kennedy's policies towards drilling and mining, I, I I don't agree with. He um you know he wants to. He wants to limit um, drilling, mining, and even logging. Um, and as I said before, you can't kill the world economy in the name of climate change. And that's why he's saying that's what he wants to do. Um, you know, minimize drilling, minimize mining. That's in the name of climate change. And, and you just can't. I mean, we like I said, we cannot kill the world economy. So you might remember in, in our climate change podcast, you know, when, when we switched from kerosene, to um, electricity to light your homes. You know, in the beginning, electricity was only in the homes of the ultra-rich. Um, as, as, as it got more affordable, it moved into the regular citizen's house, and now almost everyone has, has electricity. You know, his border security, he doesn't believe that we need a 2,000-mile border, but he thinks that, uh, you know, we need to institute 
reinstitute technology and the border wall. Um, those policies were dismantled by the Biden administration. Uh, he wants to use increased cameras, lights, motion detectors, physical barriers. Um, he believes that we don't need to build the wall for the entire 2000 mile border. And I, I probably agree with that. I think, I think what he's probably getting at is, is physical barriers that, that don't necessarily need the wall. So I think Kennedy is probably going to be a good candidate. Um, you know, he's, uh, I don't know that I worry about him for one reason. Um, early on in his candidacy, he claimed that the CIA had been was trying to kill him and that he has to take precautions. So I worry about a conspiracy theorist being in president, you know. So that would be my only that my only hesitance. But I'll see what what happens in the future. We don't, you know, we still have a while before the election. So. All right, let's jump into our topic. I spent a long time talking about Kennedy. Probably got long-winded there. Sorry, guys. All right. In the last few years, uh, the controversy over trans athletes has exploded in the United States um, and in, in the media. Um, so for this episode, I've researched several studies on the physiology and performance of trans athletes um, who are biological men but uh, but identify as women. So um, for a minute, let's get away from the obvious physiological differences between men and trans athletes or women and trans athletes. Sorry. Um, Let's talk about the rights of people. So trans women are obviously biological males, but they identify as a woman. And I think we can all agree that trans people deserve the same rights as anyone else. I mean, that's just common sense. Uh, The big question is, is do the rights of trans women or men for that matter, Trump the rights of biological women, biological men and women. Um, so, you know, when I have discussions with parents on this issue, I always ask a parent, you know, if, if, if they want their daughter competing in high school or college or, or professional sports, whatever, against biological men, you know, and I, I have never had a parent tell me they want their daughter to be forced to compete against men. It just doesn't make sense. And, and, we are trumping the rights of a very small group of trans athletes in we're, we're trumping their rights and, and they win over, over women, over a a whole, whole sex. So it, but it it just baffles me. Um, You know, I'm a hundred percent sure that there are instances when a biological male can self-identify as a female. Um, You, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing I'm saying applies to, to everyone. Um, from my experience with trans kids, um, be, before deciding they're going to identify as a trans person, they're, they're always on the periphery of popularity in schools. Um, in addition, I can tell you from my experience only, which is about four kids, um, every one of those trans kids I encountered were cutters. Uh, they were outperformed in the classrooms by their by their teachers, or I'm sorry, by their peers, and and like I said, they were on the periphery of pop- popularity at the time before they started identifying as a trans person. So, and and I'm not saying that all trans kids are cutters. I'm saying from my very limited personal experience with trans kids and trans athletes, that all of them, all four of them, had had were cutters or or, um, had some type issues like that, you know? Um, so in my, in my opinion only, 
most trans kids make the, the switch as an attention-seeking behavior. You know, I can never say all. I wouldn't ever say all. You know, I had one kid who is a biological female, but also identified as a male. Um, the student would dress as a male one day or, or for a week and then dress as a female for a few days and a few weeks. Um, so, And that person now identifies as a biological female, which was her sex at birth. Um, you know, I believe the gender reassignment laws Democrats are pushing through legislators across the country are just insane. Um, in our country, you, you can you cannot join the military until you're 18. You know, we can't buy cigarettes until we're tw- 18. We can't buy alcohol until we're 21. Why are these laws in place? It's because teenagers love the shiny. They love the shiny things. They don't think through their decisions. So why on earth would we allow a 14 or 15 year old child to decide to make such a permanent decision. You know, think back to a high school picture that you've seen recently of yourself or a picture of you in your, in your yearbook. You probably cringe and you wonder why you dress that way, why you're with that boy or why you were with that girl. So do you want your child to look back at their teenage years just like you look back at yours now and you cringe and you wonder why why they decided to make such a drastic decision at a young age, a drastic irreversible decision at a young age to, you know, they made that decision. We also, as parents have to take ownership over that too. We should have not allowed that decision to be made. So let, so now we've just people in general, I think we have to have the same, same, um, the same rights, but let's move over to trans athletes in women's sports. And I think we can, everyone can agree that a biological male in almost every instance is athletically superior to a, a biological woman. Um, you, you know, I, I can give you one instance that is, that is probably the most, the best example of all time. Um, it's, it's the FC Dallas soccer club. They're under 15 boys beat the U.S. women's national team in 2017. This was during the women's preparation for the World Cup qualifying in Russia, which the World Cup was in 2019. So these women went on to win that World Cup, and they were at the time one of the top two women's national teams in the world. And a a group of 14-year-old boys beat them 5-2. So for those not into soccer, 5-2 is a significant scoreline. You know, so in the women's lineup for that game included all-time greats like Carly Lloyd and and Mallory Pugh. So this was this is the best instance instance to show that that elite male athletes will just dominate elite female athletes, and it it's just is what it is. So, in two thousand twenty three. The Journal of Applied Physiology published a study comparing one NCAA trans athlete swimmer to 3,200 male and female world record swimming performances among four event distances. Um, The journal did not name the one trans athlete, but identified the swimmer as a biological male with a female gender um, identity. And the results are astonishing. So in in the 100 meter event, the time for the trans athlete was unranked in the male event, and that that that's a big deal. But it was 13th in in the female event. So the trans athlete went from unranked to 13th in the female event, just based on their times. 
So in the 200 meter event, the trans athletes time was 551st in the male category and third in the women's category. Um, in the 500 meter event, the trans athlete ranked 65th in the men's category and first in the women's. Um, and in the 1650 meter event, the trans athlete ranked 32nd in the men's category and 13th in the women's category. So in the 100 meter category, you really can't compare rankings because the trans athlete was so bad that he was unranked in the male category. Um, but in the 200 meter, the trans athlete moved up 548, 548 spots from his or her place in the male category to moving him, that him or her into the women's category. 548 spots he jumped up. In the in the 500 meter, he or she moved up 64 spots. And in the 1650 meter, uh, he, he, she moved up 19 spots. Uh, these numbers to me show what every American knows in their heart. Even if you're the most, most left Democrat on earth, women's athletes, women athletes cannot compete on a regular basis against biological males. It just doesn't happen. You know, our politicians are trying to give one small minority group more rights than all of women. You know, we're telling teenage girls that they have to share a locker room with a biological male. We're telling teenage girls that they must share a bathroom or a shower with a biological male. You know, what are we thinking? You know, that's just a moral issue there. I, we, you know, and we also need to talk about the safety of our girls. So, you know, if you Google uh, girls injured in sports by trans athletes, you will find numerous instances of girls being injured by in sports by biological males. You know, I don't know what the right answer is. You know, should we have another sports division for trans athletes? You know, in my opinion, the easiest way to fix this problem is for trans athletes to compete in the sport under their sex they were assigned at birth. You know, I, I don't know that if that's the right answer. That's what it seems like would be the proper answer for me. That's how they do it. I live in Oklahoma City. That's how they do it in Oklahoma. Um, you compete in the sport that you're born with and under the sex you're born with. So, so hey, thank you for listening for the first episode of 2024. I hope you'll uh, come back for another episode. If you if you like our podcast, please share it with people. You know, we're growing. I, I, I didn't really like my last one, the abortion uh, one, but I, I enjoyed doing this one. This was a, a good one to talk about. So thank you again. Have a, have a great new year.